This morning I am going to turn to the Word of God and read more than I ever read. For I want to share with you the Word of God so there is no doubt what He said. This week, next week, we will share His Word. We will share His Word in hopes that it has a major impact on your heart that you feel His presence through His Word, for in every word there is wisdom. I want to share with you something someone gave me, and the individual may have been right here uh, today that gave me this. It says, Dear Lord, so far today, God, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. Haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. I'm really glad about that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'm probably going to need a lot more help. Amen. Dean, I'm going to present this to you, my friend. Don't say I never gave you anything, Dean. (laughs) That's what you get for turning that rattlesnake loose on me. This morning I'm going to begin with the Beatitudes. You will find them in the fifth chapter of Matthew, but it's also in Luke, but I'm reading the ones from Matthew, beginning with the third verse. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The poor in spirit could be translated to blessed are those that are humble. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. These are contrary to the world and strange to the world's thinking. In a world in which greed, power, drives so many individuals, not just in Washington, D.C., but in local communities where the, the greed, the lust, for more and more, is so destructive in relationships and also in communities. These are not multiple choice. It's not pick one, pick two, and that's all you need to do. These are the ten. These are the the beatitudes that He has passed on to each and every one of us so that we would understand what it is like to live as Christians, 
contrary to the world we live in, and it takes so much strength and courage to do that. We all are a pleaser to one point or another, and some of us even more so than others. But there has got to be a point that we are not worried about pleasing the community and the people we associate with, but we are concerned about pleasing Him so that our life will reflect His love and His Word. That we are strong enough to be pointed out as someone that is a strong believer in Jesus Christ. Don't tell Him a dirty joke, for He is a Christian. Don't go over here and gossip with her, for she will not listen to it. We have to have the courage to stand up for what is right, what Jesus Christ has told us is right. Continuing on the 13th verse, pardon me, on the 11th verse. Blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So instead of being offended, understand that they just gave you a compliment. Because they are associating you with the words of Jesus Christ. The question then is, do we have the strength and courage to stand what is right instead of joining in just to be a part of? For it is not easy to follow Jesus Christ. But your rewards are far greater than any you're going to receive here on earth. He has rewards for you that we cannot even imagine. But you don't have to die to get them. Many of you know, as I look around the room, the rewards you have received from Him right here on earth. Right here on earth. You have received them. And you will receive His rewards as you follow Jesus Christ. The 13th verse. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. We are called to be the salt of the earth. Salt is used not only for preservation, but also enriching the flavor. But if it loses that saltiness, it has no value. If we lose our faith in Jesus Christ, if we're willing to compromise every time there is a temptation, then what value do we have? What value do we have if we do not keep the strength of Jesus Christ? He was so good with His illustrations and His parables. 
He put it where anyone could understand. You and I are to spend time with Him. And the more you read, the more I read, the more we understand. And I encourage you to get a study Bible for it enriches the Word of God. Study His Word. During Lent, promise that you're going to spend more time with Him. Maybe it's 10 minutes a day. Every day. But maybe it's 30 minutes or an hour a day with Him without any interruptions. No cell phone calls, no games, just meditation with Him. Whatever is comfortable for you, whatever would be a step up for you in worshiping your Lord and Savior on a daily basis, take that step. Go to Him. Spend time with Him. And then when you have that special need, and you will sooner or later, you will not be talking like you're talking to a stranger. You will be talking to one that you know on a very personable basis. Jesus goes on to say, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do not hide your your faith. Do not hide the joy that you have that lives within you. Do not hide that light that Jesus Christ lives in you. Do not hide from the Lord. Let your light shine for each one of you bring a special light. You do not know what life you will touch each minute of each day, and it may be when you least expect it. It may be that you just have a visit with someone and you start to walk off and they say, before you leave, I want you to know you just blessed me. Before you leave, you brought joy into my life. And you had no idea Because Jesus Christ lives in you all the time. That is the light. That is the light that they see. It's not fictitious. It is not fictitious. It is real. As real as the lights in this room are real. The light that lives inside of you is as real as that. Share it. Don't hide it. Jesus says, Do not think I've come into the world to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter nor the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished.
so many felt like the laws were going to be rewritten. Even some today will say, we have no use for the Old Testament. But Jesus Christ Himself says, no law will be changed. Not even one letter because of Him. What Jesus Christ did was come into the world and fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament that had been spoken hundreds of years before. He came to fulfill the teachings of the Old Testament. His teachings are as real today and we are to try to live to those teachings as well as we can knowing that we will stumble, knowing that we will fall, knowing that we will get in a ditch from time to time, but knowing also that we have Jesus Christ that we can reach up to. We can grab His hand and He will pull us off of our knees and back on our feet. For there is nothing, nothing that you will ever do that will prevent Jesus Christ from being with you. He will never turn on you. When you're most ashamed of what you said or did, Jesus Christ is there. For you are His children. Not His grandchildren. Not the nieces or nephews. You are His children. And each word, each and every word, he did not change, but he fulfilled. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. I recently read a book in which an individual read that and he says, I could never exceed the Pharisees and Sadducees because they were very learned individuals. They spent hours studying. They spent time with each other and discussing the laws and so forth. But what we are called to do is not to just spend Hours and hours and hours in this, but to live the faith of Jesus Christ. We are not called to be isolating ourselves like a hermit and growing greater in the Word, but hiding from the reality of service to man. Jesus Christ told His disciples, I did not come into the world to be a king but to be a servant. And you too are to be a servant of God. Don't worry about wearing the gold and the silver and the bright colored robes with all of the dressings of the Pharisees and Sadducees so that people would make special point to step aside for you, that they would give you a place of honor. That's not what we're called to do. We are called to serve and help our mankind, our fellow mankind. 
We can give a handout. But it's so much more that we give a hand up to those that need it. So that they too can know pride in themselves and be able to return the same kind of opportunities for others. Jesus said, 27th verse of the 5th chapter, still in Matthew. You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. If it is, if it, it is better for you to lose one of your eyes than your whole body. Lust is such a powerful emotion and feeling. Jesus Christ knew that. Jesus Christ knew that it could also lead to something that would be detrimental to you and the other person. A powerful pleasure, if you will, that can be so destructive. So He has called us not only to live in a non-adultery world, but also guard our hearts, guard our thoughts, so that we again can be more Christ-like and we cannot be distracted from that emotion, that feeling. For when we are distracted there, we are distracted from His Word. We're distracted from being the light of the Word. We are distracted from serving others. He has called us to keep our mind and our brain straight. Keep our emotions straight with Him. Jesus teaches us the 38th verse. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not re- Do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. If you also want to, to sue, and if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your cloak coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you. And do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. The laws can all be summed up in two two phrases. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. For with those two, it wraps up all of the laws that the Hebrews had. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not uh, covet. Thou shalt not. But Jesus was wise enough 
to simplify it so that over 2,000 years later, even Wayne Hollinshed could understand it. Love. It's not easy. The whole thing, just like I said from the very beginning, is not easy. It is contrary from what we know and the environments we live in. Totally contrary. His teachings were not meant to be easy. When he looked into the eyes of those individuals, he knew what they were struggling with. When he looks in your eyes this day, this moment, he knows what you're struggling with. He knows but He's offering you a better way. A way of peace. So that you don't stay up about half of the night thinking about revenge. Staying awake most of the night thinking about how much you hate instead of love. He is offering you the peace the peace that is beyond our human understanding. But like at night, if we can lay down and ask God's blessing on our enemy, there is peace. If we ask a prayer for someone that said something mean and cruel to us that day and surrender it to Him, there will be the peace the peace that you seek this very moment. It's not wrapped up like a Christmas gift. It's given to you as a hand up, as an opportunity to grow. Many of you are in relationships, mine is with an engagement, Yours may be marriage. You have relationship with your children, your parents. And so many times it's simple things that become a stumbling block to that relationship. With those that you have committed yourself to love for the rest of your life, those stumbling blocks can be those that are like boulders that destroy the relationship. You ask, and I ask, God, forgive me, for I have wronged. He's already told me he would. He's already told me. How about you and I offering the same forgiveness that we seek from Jesus Christ? How much does He love us? He died for us. He died for us. Coming into this world... It was already foretold. You have a short time, Jesus of Nazareth. 
But in that short window, you will change the world forever. Not with a sword, not with a lance, but with love. He's offering that to you and me this very day, this very moment. This very moment, He's offering us that kind of joy and happiness and peace.